Well, 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 well. Hello, good evening, everyone. Treks and trekkers, nerdy up north aficionados. It's me, Michael, your host of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North, and I'm joined by my lovely host, Graham. Hello, well, my, Graham. Your your beautiful, beautiful co-host, oh, Graham. Stunning. You know, like stunning look at it. I've I've waxed my head and everything. I'm like I'm like proper gorge, like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally just looking over at these executor I have at the side, and I'm like, oh, they must be family. <laughs> but yeah, good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. Uh, we are live this week uh, because we thought we'd we'd be brave enough and do it all live and unrehearsed. <laughs> we'll um, do it live. We can't <laughs> fix this in post. But um, uh, yes, welcome along to everyone. Um, thank you so much for watching. Um, we will be reviewing episode three of Star Trek Picard season three, which is adequately titled 17 seconds. But before we get into that, we do have a little bit of uh, Trek news, which broke uh, late last night from Hollywood. And uh, I'm keen to discuss it with Graham. Star Trek Discovery will be ending with season five and they've put the season back to 2024 now what do you think of this grim well it's 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 a shame because obviously like like i said before i'm not a fan of discovery like it's not really what i you know uh enjoy as trek but the fact mm. is there is such a massive fan base for it that it's a real shame because there's so many people that are actually really upset about it you know um yeah 
but it's also the idea of it seems a bit of a crap one like you know it seems a bit of a slap in the face like we had with enterprise like we had with um uh maybe voyager technically i think voyager technically got the full run but then still they, yeah the ending, they, they had their seven year but the ending could have been wrapped up a bit yeah well whereas like ds9 they were like let's just make the ending the whole season and so it was like very <laughs> very well sort of choreographed but with this one it's like you know i heard people saying that most of season five do, five is filmed so is it just gonna have it's a kind done. of yeah it, that's it it's, like is it just gonna have a oh what, like a one episode like oh and they saved the universe oh that's right it's off. it's a bit puzzling yeah so uh season five um from from what i was what I've been told from insiders was yet again another dramatic tonal shift uh, for Star Trek Discovery. I think we've had about three now. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of tones. <laughs> so we've, we've we obviously had the the tone for season one and two. Then we had a different tone in season three, a different tone for season yeah. four, and then a different tone for season five. That one where it was all animated and every episode was a musical. Yeah, that he, one. Oh yes, yes, yeah. of course, yes. Wasn't that Buffy? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, every uh, season gets one. Every show gets one. Every yeah. show. <laughs> So for, for this one, this uh, was filmed last year. Uh, they wrapped uh, principal photography last year, and it was in post-production. Mm. Um, the problem is that Paramount Plus and obviously Paramount Pictures uh, and the owners behind it are looking to save money and, and uh, help Paramount Plus, which is their version of Netflix, make money this year. And... There has been talks of obviously what a novel idea. I know, yeah. Uh, well, a <laughs> lot of streaming hang services, on, guys, let's make yeah. money. <laughs> well, a lot of streaming services currently don't make money, so Disney Plus is making a huge loss um, really? at the moment. So there's this big drive now from Wall Street for these streaming services to start making money, and Paramount has has made no secret of you know we're going to have to cut um, areas and we're going to have to try and make some profit off this platform and everyone thought well what does that mean for star trek and everyone and this is what was strange because within a week everyone was like disco will get cancelled and then yesterday disco is ending now they've they've pushed it back from its airing date of this year to 2024 which leads me to believe the news came after everything filmed then they've gone right this is what's going to happen shall we film a couple of extra more episodes yeah wrap it up because discovery and, and i don't know if you've ever seen this there was there was a little mini series called short treks mm. um and one of them was called calypso which was set in the 32nd century now this was done in season i believe season one uh, after season one and mm. it was set in the 32nd century where discovery had been abandoned and everyone's like, right, are they going to tie it up with this little shot or are they going to do something different? But I think mm. this has come to a blow. They've, they've already filmed it. It's been announced. And now they're going to have to go back, film a couple of more episodes to, to wrap it up. But I think... At least they're I doing mean, that, though. I think, you know, I think the whole... Because obviously my fear is that it's going to be... Yeah, remember that episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer creates a new character for itchy and scratchy and yeah. then literally just says oh he went back to his home planet and it's like just like if discovery ends ends with that you'd just be like oh okay you know but yeah but no i think it's good that they are giving an extra couple of episodes at least that that's not Hopefully, like the yeah. slap in the face that kind of enterprise had because that wasn't a final episode that was a they're on the set yeah. and they're like okay let's just can we get Riker in Spoilers. i'm i'm still hoping 
even though it's been damn near 20 years, I'm still hoping for a season five of Enterprise or a little mini anthology series that just neatly wraps it up into a little bow and I'll be happy. Yeah, um, just, just while Scott Bakula, we still want to see him with his top off. Because we, if we're <laughs> going to give that another five or 10 years, I think the milk's going to sour. They, you know, it's, it's yeah. limited for Scott yeah. Bakula, I think. But I, I agree with you. It, it is a shame. Discovery, I loved uh, the first two series. It had potential. The writing mm, was was never really there. They they tried. There has been a lot of tonal shifts, but it was always a case of Star Trek is always about an ensemble crew. They had a terrific ensemble crew that they've never, ever utilized or delved into. Yeah. And that's a shame. It had so many characters with potential. And then in, even in season one and two, it's like, oh, but Michael Burnham. And you're like, this has never been what Trek is. Like, Trek yeah. has always been like, oh, here's Captain Picard. But forget about him. This episode's about Troy. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. in a weird way, because it'd be like, it's Troy. Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, she's, like, in danger. Oh, you know, and you're like, could we not have an episode about Troy where it's just like, I don't know, Troy being happy. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a great one, you know. But, um, yeah. But no, it, and it is a shame. Because, but that—that's what I mean about like it not fitting the the tone of Star Trek. But it's such a shame because there are people that really enjoyed it, and it's their gateway into Trek. So yes. you know, especially in the LGBT community, there's so many Discovery fans because it's literally made them go, "Oh, oh, I like Star Trek," and I thought this was this gatekeep thing that I wasn't able to get. Yeah, you know, like allowed in, and now they're just like, "Oh, there's gay characters. Oh, there's this," and then, and then obviously now they're watching like DS9 and being like, "Oh, wait, Dax is kind of trans." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those like you could argue it, but however, there are actual trans characters now, so that's good. <laughs> let's let's not forget, and this is a message to all the haters of Star Trek Discovery. Let us not forget: without Star Trek Discovery, you would not have Stranger Worlds, Lower yeah. Decks, Prodigy. Picard and everything else that is coming from. So, if anything, thank Discovery for opening that, opening opening yeah. it to new fans, bringing in new fans, making Trek big again. So, I think we should leave it on. Thank you, Star Trek Discovery. Here's to season five. It was a good run. Yeah. No, I yeah. I think that's it. So it's the sort of, you know. I I think it's a, it's a shame that it's going because I think the wonderful thing is you know when something comes out and something you know something that you don't like and you're like that's cool we put that over here we don't hate it we don't dislike it you know we don't spend our days arguing about it on the internet we just go cool that's a thing I'm not interested in yep look at this other thing I'm interested in you know it's it's better to be sort of like positive about something rather than like focus on being negative about something. Well, but I'm determined of... to get through Discovery, even though I keep giving up on season two. I keep going like, <laughs> okay, I'll watch another episode. Push through. Oh, I'll, again. Oh, I'll go back to TNG. You know. Well, speaking of positives, let's <laughs> get in to this week's episode of Star Trek Picard, episode three, titled 17 Seconds. And oh my gosh, what an episode. And we are going to go through um, all through the episode, um, as we do every week. And we are going to discuss what happened, what we feel, anything good, anything bad. So let's get right into it, shall we? So, can we, can we make some stuff up just to catch people out? Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> was he like, like, yeah, remember was... when that bit happened? You know, it was know, all with the giant space egg. You know? <laughs> yes, it was all the giant space egg's fault. It was uh, Howard the Duck. That's the main. Uh... That, that's exactly what happened in this episode. It was all. So that's episode the... over. Thanks everyone for watching. Um... <laughs> so. Uh, the episode opens, obviously, we have the lovely, uh, lovely, lovely recap. Um, and then the episode opens with the Titan just running for its life. Um, this, uh, wow, it's it's just, yeah, the Titan's running for its life. It's made a decision to uh, run. It's going straight through the nebula. For me, straight away, Wrath of Khan. Uh, best of both worlds, the Strange New World episode against the Gone, another Nebula episode where it's a dangerous cat and mouse chase. Um, we then see uh, Beverly and Jack going back to sick bay. Um, this Beverly gets some lines, which is good. She gets some. She lines. gets to speak in this episode, so she she gets some Big lines. But Beverly. there was there was an interesting little bit uh, in this first scene where Jack puts, you know, leans Beverly against the, uh, the, the bio bed and that, uh, the yellow shirt goes, this is all your fault. And Jack goes to wallop him one yeah. and Beverly holds him back and she goes, we'll need them later. And I'm like, mm, what do you mean you'll need them later? Very cryptic little line mm. that, that was, that was uh, easily missed, but uh yeah, so um, we get that little scene there, and then we have a little flashback to before. I love the fact that uh, the showrunners are, are doing like these little flashbacks, but they're not giving specific times or anything like that. They're just in like two weeks ago, before. And we go well, back to... I, I love the fact of the way they do flashbacks is they play some music that's like from the 60s yeah. or 70s or 80s or whatever, and you're like, is that the past? Is that how you represent the past? Because they've done it it's in every episode so far that they're like, here's a pseudo-modern song. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. It's... You know, and I'm just like, is that is that how you do it? Like, you know how if a dream sequence, you make it sort of like wobbly and blurry and stuff. It's like this one is like, okay, play a rock song from a couple of years ago. That means it's in the past now. Guinan is such a soft rock aficionado, I think, <laughs> because every time we go to 10 forward in LA, there's always some sort of soft rock. You know, and she was there during the, the time of Mark Twain. Why, why is there no uh, 20s uh, music, you know, 20s dance music? Or I totally forgot about that. I totally yeah. forgot about the random Mark Twain, like, well, it's a double episode, isn't it? You just go it's, like, it's why, why is he here? It's weird. And I, as a kid, I thought it was Einstein. Because I didn't know who Mark Twain was. Oh was my god, kid. you were right. Yeah. And totally I just went, looks why is like Einstein, Einstein in this? Why is he American? You know, I was like, oh, what the hell? And then it's like, oh, it's Mark Twain. He's really, really famous. Okay. But this, but this scene, um, this this one, I want your opinion on this. So it says before it's Picard and Riker in 10 forward in LA, and they are both de-aged to look like how they looked in nemesis or slightly mm. just after nemesis now de-aging technology is a bit polarizing for me mm. it can either be done well or it could be done where it's like x-men 3 x-men 3 and yeah. it's like i'm a bit divided with this scene i think Riker was de-aged okay picard just looked like they just sandpapered his <laughs> 
this. That's what they did. No, they they did. Patrick Stewart got um. <laughs> you know, they were just like, hey, Patrick Stewart, just sand it to the yeah. It was. But, um, I mean, yeah. I, I the thing is though, I didn't really notice on Riker. Like, I think it was suitably done on Riker, and the mm. the the setting was quite good because obviously it's a dark. It was like dimly lit and stuff, so you kind of mm. get away with it. It was on Picard that I very much noticed it. I was just like, oh, they've de-aged him. Did they need to? You know, like, but I think. I think it worked. It's it's the idea of it's kind of I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's me being oddly optimistic, but when all special effects are going to look shit in ten years anyway, they're just kind of jumping the the gap. Really, they're just kind of broaching it first, being like, no, no. Yeah. When it came out, it looked shit. <laughs> so it's it's obviously it's set. Uh, and I did a bit of math. So this is when Thaddeus, who is Riker's uh, firstborn, um, his son, <laughs> is. That's born. the weirdest way of saying it. Firstborn, right? Yeah. As the firstborn, first the the first lineage of the Riker. Um, so this is this is twenty three eighty one. So this is a year after Nemesis. Uh, Thaddeus has been born, and they they are celebrating the birth of of Thaddeus Riker, and mm. um, you know, cheers and everything like that. And Riker goes on this this little speech where he's like, you know, Picard goes, "I heard it was touch and go." And Riker says, yeah. And he said, you know. Was that the conception? <laughs> yeah. Well, Picard oh, would know a lot oh, about Will. that following what we learned last week. <laughs> oh, oh, Will. Will, I mean, shout out to Dave Hope in the Nerdy Up North uh, community that's done uh, a Riker meme a day for the last, I think it's 90 odd days. Christ. And it's just Riker boning random people across the galaxy. <laughs> but I just uh, like the yeah. fact that obviously Thaddeus was born out over like, Riker like straddling Troy like a chair, just sort of like <laughs> leg over the back of it. <laughs> yeah, but he says he says you know like you know Picard said he was a bit touch and go, and said you know the doctor said it was a difficult birth, and he said those seven because he said from from leaving the bridge and entering sick bay mm. that turbo lift it was seventeen seconds, um, and it was you know the longest second seventeen seconds of his life. Yeah, um, and. Uh, but you know, his his son was born, and then we get. Uh... Hold on, hold on. Um, I I felt this was really important because it, in terms of Trek law, like one of the things that is the most, you know, plot device esque and the most sort of unbelievable is just how they get around the ship. Like for instance, even even in last episode where it was the idea of oh you've got an hour, and then it's like Picard manages to get across an entire starship to yeah. this place, and he's like, hmm, I have six minutes left, and then he's somehow in the brig a minute later being like i've only got five minutes left and it's like you know that not specific but it's interesting to see like to actually get some time on how quick turbo lifts are because obviously they don't seem to be when people are in them but you Mm. you're assuming that they're actually zooming through kind of thing especially in like ds9 where you're just going like that seems pretty slow and it's managed to go like you know across the entire Mm. station but i think i think this whole thing was beautiful like i think the whole scene this whole scene between them where it's kind of showing how the relationship it's believable where they're yeah. going from being like sort of a captain and first first officer to being sort of friends to being like old comrades and that it feels like that it feels like picard's kind of is previous picard and he's opening up a little bit kind of thing and then the idea of the and obviously this whole scene is played out later on in the episode, as we'll know, but it's the fact of, it's just wonderful storytelling. It's wonderful sort of, to, you know, it's a lot of exposition happening in this scene. It's got the lovely little cameo from Troy in it. Oh, I love that. 
and it's I, I thought I I really fucking love this scene. Like, yeah, this this is what Trek is to me. It's the talking. Like, and this episode has all of it. Like, I uh, you know, guns are fired in this episode, but the fact is, the majority of it is literally people talking, the politics, the human element of it, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see that back, like in modern Trek. You know, um. But yeah, are you going to talk about uh, Troy appearing? I love I love that little cameo where yeah. she's just like he's just projectile vomited over <laughs> over engineering <laughs> while you're having a drink and then at the end she's like bring the whiskey <laughs> and I'm like yeah yeah she she has nailed motherhood <laughs> oh, it. it's a shame though it's a shame though that uh, she can't do the voice because obviously I th- I don't think she's ever been able to do the voice since the original show has she. It's like the, the middle voice, Atlantic it, voice. As it's they so it. different to her normal voice as an actress, and mm. she, you know, the original series. And every time we see her, like even in um, even in First Contact, I don't think she had it. She had a weird kind of voice, and you're just like, have you just forgotten how to do this? Well, she was half pissed in First Contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have time to talk about time, so don't lecture me on time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that that was a. Uh, I mean, the only other thing I've got to mention is another bloody uniform in this era. How many uniforms does Starfleet have within like the 2380s? Because between Lower Decks, Prodigy, Picard uh, and and all this, my God, there's like 50 different bloody uniforms at this. It's just to get merch money out of you. Oh, it's 100% cost. Just keep this. Keep this. Change the badge. That's all you need to do. Just change the badge. Is is, is that from uh, Garrick's Tailors? Why yes. <laughs> Why yes. Why yes. My dear doctor. <laughs> my dear doctor. Yes. Um, this is my uh, way too big for me now. Uh, Starfleet uniform. I bought yeah. this uh, five stone ago. Um, now it is just literally falling off me. However, keeps riding up. So I keep having to do the Picard maneuver. So if you see me all the way through the episode yeah. doing this, it's purely because it will show my gut. If I don't, but that's part of of it, though, like in TNG, like they were constantly whenever they stood up, the actors like readjusted, you know, the uniform. It was just like that's how it was designed, really, like Star Trek. Yeah. uh, Starfleet not really considering it very well. But no, but yeah, I absolutely, absolutely love that scene. And I think, yeah, I I think uh, I I will all overall this episode and i'll get into it but i think the pacing was was slightly different to the last two episodes and i think it's because we stayed mainly on titan for the first half because the next scene is is uh still on the titan and sh- you know basically they're going to shore we've we've lost center coverage and she's like just get people to look out the goddamn windows yeah and again this is questions that people have always asked of star trek it's like we've lost center coverage Look out your goddamn windows. You've got thousands of goddamn windows on these ships. And Shaw actually does it. He posts people yeah. on decks staring out the windows. And I'm like, finally, after like 60 years of Star Trek, that you've got people looking out of the, uh, the windows. I, I quite like it, though. I quite like the idea of like the resourcefulness of just being like, you know, oh, oh, we're buggered. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... And it's, you know, and um, Shaw for me, you know, he's he's still a dick. We understand why he's a dick, but he cares about his crew because obviously he, he relieves uh, Sydney and the other helmsmen after 
what was it a 34 hour shift that he says i've just got the note here yeah, yeah. 34 hour shift and then sydney uh goes and visits seven of nine in uh in her quarters and this again this was a She's nice being relieved of duty yeah she, so insubordination yeah, she, so she's confined to quarters. She's got a security guard, and Sydney pays her a visit. And I'm liking uh, Sydney Laforge. I mean, I do think she talks about her dad a little bit too much for me, but I, I'm liking her as a character overall. I think it's one of these things because it's like, I, I suppose they're having to. I, I think it's the idea of obviously we know that it's coming. We know that Jordy's going to be in the in the series later. But yeah. if you didn't come into it, I think this amount of foreshadowing of going, if you somehow are watching this and you haven't seen TNG, he is, you know, like like he yeah. is a character that's going to appear. And and her explaining it is like foreshadowing of, oh yeah, there's this guy and he's an amazing, amazing engineer and he's like this and he's like this. And, you know, he's really close with his friends, but he doesn't make friends easily kind of thing. You know, I think it's basically just covering all bases rather than just having a character pop up and be like, hey, you know all about this, don't you? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, I also love the fact that at the, at the end, you know, she calls a Commander Seven because we know yeah. Shaw, we know Shaw prefers that she's called Commander Hansen, Annika yeah. Hansen. You know, she has to be called by a human name. And, and I love this, um, the, that little bit where she's like Commander Seven. And, and, and I, I just loved it because she's like, I see you. I see you for who you are. Yeah. And for me, that was, yeah, I, I, I love that scene. But then we get to um, uh, one of my favorite scenes of this uh, episode, the sick base scene between Beverly and Jean-Luc. Mm. Um, and I think lesser actors could not have been able to pull this off. Um yeah. Because this is this is the scene that we've been waiting for for the last two, three weeks, where it's like, right, okay, that's Jack Crusher, that's Beverly's son. And we we, we had a discussion about this last week. <laughs> How was he conceived and when was he yeah, conceived? Yeah, we, did we get any comments? I haven't been checking. Did anyone comment telling no, us? No, but, but I have to congratulate you because, my God, Grib, you were right. What? You no, right. no, no, no. I had the theory. I had the theory that he was conceived because Ed Spieler is 34 years old. And I said, oh, well, he must have been conceived in between season one and season two, 1988. I, I, I said this last week, but actors can be different ages to their characters. Yep. Good and she went <laughs> it's straight like in. Most in. Teen dramas, they're like 30 yeah. years old. Know? And she went straight in and she was like, no, no, it was two months after I left the Enterprise. Uh, two months before I left the Enterprise, we were on a yeah. romantic uh, thing. And I was like, oh, dip. Oh, Dave, so he's like 20, he's 22 years old. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, and we, we get this brilliant, uh, brilliant to and from between Beverly and Picard and Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden are just flawless in this thing. It is fantastic. Before we do this scene, though, I just want to mention, you know, in the earlier scene where it's got Crusher helping out in sick bay. Yes. And what I just wanted to point out what a lovely callback it was that it's, uh, I think it was Dr. Olker. Doctor, oh Oka, yes, 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 the trill. Yes, was she a trill? She's oh, a trill. Yes, 
Yes. I am dumb. <laughs> I did not <laughs> notice that at all. I was just like, oh, she's wearing a like lab coat. Um, but no, but I, I loved it how she referred to Crusher's methods as like old, where she was kind of going like, you know, like, oh, you've missed out on 20 years of sort of like uh, yes. technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful kind of callback to, is it Relics from TNG, where they get Scotty? And they get Scotty out the transport. Yes. And then obviously it's got him being like, oh, this is how you do this. And obviously LaForge being like sort of, no, no, that's not how you fix anything anymore. And it was a cool little callback, I felt, to that of basically someone superseding um, Crusher. But then obviously later on in the episode, we've uh, she gets a kind of redemption that Scotty didn't get. Because yes. it was like, Scotty's coming along and be like, no, you don't want to do your dilithium crystals like this. And... And he was right. <laughs> well, no, no, like, and, and LaForge was right that it was a shit way of doing it. They they did with, I they really did this it. with, um, they did this with, Jean, uh, sorry, I can't get the words out. They did, they did this with Jean-Luc uh, in the mm. first episode, because obviously they say, prepare for maximum warp. And he's like, should we alert engineering? And, he's, and Seven was like, we don't do this in new ships. Yeah. And I think we've, we've had this with Picard and now we've had this with Crusher. And, you know, I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, it's the old dogs, you know, but the old dogs can still teach new tricks. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so we, we get into the, the scene between um, Crusher and Picard, and he just asks what the whole audience is asking. How? Well, I mean, obviously, we He should know. That. He should know. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> he was there. Um, <laughs> or, his, or his human body was. It was touch and go. Uh, that's, that's yes, it was it touch and go. The, the Riker maneuver was conquered. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful scene where she's like, you know, I fell pregnant during our shore leave two months before I left the Enterprise and you were called back and, and, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Um, and... He just basically says, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, you are, you are Picard. You know, you are, you're, you are always called to the stars. You, you've always got a target on your back, basically. And she didn't want that for his son. And she didn't want Jack to not have a father. Um, and it, it, the, the whole scene where it's just basically, you know, I fell pregnant uh, during that shore leave. And then, you know, within two months, you were you had a gun to your head by these Remans. And then not a few days later, you, there was a mm. photonic grenade and you would, as you were negotiating a prayer toy, she was like, I cannot have my son worrying about his father and living that life and stuff like that. And yeah. the, the whole, like, I was a bit dubious with the whole son thing. And I think a lot of people were, they were like, how, how are they going to explain it away? Because the, the main trend in, in most shows, it's just like, ah, it's this child that no one knew they had and they've just been well, canonized. It, it's also the fact of with, um, oh, hi, Christopher. Welcome to the chat. Lovely oh, to hi, see you on the stream. Um, no, uh, it, it's that problem, though, with Star Trek, where most things have already been done and they're like, oh, bollocks, we already did that trick. Because if they went, oh, he's a clone of Picard, then it's like, Kind of did a whole film kind of about that. You know, it's like, yeah. I can't really do that anymore. Uh, it's like, oh, maybe it's an Android of Picard. Well. Um, yeah. No, but, but I thought this scene was great because it was. It seemed like a role reversal between the two of them. Because in mm. TNG, it was always the other way around. It was always Crusher on... It was always Crusher on Picard's back, basically yeah. them being the emotional one, them being the sort of like, oh, we need to do this, we need to do this. Why are you being so cold? Why did you? Why are you shutting me out? Kind of thing. And Picard like resisting. And then this was the total opposite, like how their roles have changed. Where she's the one 
being like stalwart and uh, you know not giving anything up and then Picard's the one going look you know I want to be invested here I did I will say though his whole thing of going you know you took the decision from me by not giving me one uh well no 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 Jack was born because she gave him one but you know you, you know what I mean um but it was, idea, it was yeah it, it might have been way... two I don't know how long they had before he had to go back to work um, yeah. But the idea, it, it, it seemed really strange, though, that he, that's exactly what he just did to Jack. Like, the whole thing yeah. is Jack was trying to give himself up in the previous episode and transport over to the other ship. And yet Picard kind of just went, no, 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 I'll I'll make a decision for you. So, yeah, <laughs> a bit of a cheeky thing there. But, um, yeah. It was it's, it uh... was beautifully it was beautifully acted. And, and, and you know, Picard saying, you know you never gave me the chance. Like you, mm. you took that decision away from me. You knew what my father was like, shout out to season two with, with the father, <laughs> but you never, you took away my, my opportunity to decide. And yeah. he was like, you know, I've had 20 years that I will never have. And, and I loved how there was a little callback to all good things where he said, I could have been a father. I could have been a husband. Mm. And obviously that was a, a callback to all good things where in the alternate uh, reality, they were married and they got divorced. Yeah. Uh, and then Beverly went back to Starfleet, um, which was, yeah. So it was, it was a, it was a good little uh, nod to that, but it was, it was one of my favorite uh, episodes. We got everything cleared up. And I think it was like one C where Even Jack's like, accent. They even just threw that yes. in to be like, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> yes. And um yeah, yeah, yeah. He he went to school in London and just never lost it. Uh, I guess he takes, you know, basically he takes after you. And I'm like, oh yeah, because yeah, because Picard went to school in, in England. Because that was also explained in season two, where it was like, we were yeah. we are French, but during World War II, we all went to we moved to England. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh dip, so your family just stayed in England, and then it just was one of those things. It's a bit, it's a bit a Highlander with, um, you know, a bit, a bit of Highlander where you're like, okay, so you're an Egyptian, <laughs> you know, you're, well, what is it, um, Sean Connery's character in it, where he's meant to be Egyptian, but then he's like Spanish, <laughs> he like dresses like yeah. a Spaniard, and then he's got a Scottish accent. It's like Picard, where it's like, oh yeah, he's French, and you're like, however. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I kind of like that they've done it the same way. You know, they've gone like, oh, yeah, he, he's uh, technically my son. He's not English. However, he's just sounds English because of reasons. But then we that. have we have a scene outside of Sick Bay with Riker and Jack, um, which, again, I, I really loved because we saw the father side of Riker mm. come out in this. Um, and, and there's a quote that he says, because obviously Jack's like, stop staring at me, stop staring at me. And he goes on about, um, you know, how Picard's Jack's father. And he's like, don't call him, you know, he's not, don't call him, you know, don't call yeah. him dad. Don't call him my dad. The surprise stuff. here was that I didn't realize that Jack knew. So obviously in the episode, it kind of comes out that Jack was quite aware that Picard was his father. And, you I know, because Riker, yeah, Riker yeah. It, you know, when Riker mentions it, it's not like a bomb dropping. Jack's just like, meh, you know. Yeah. Because it's because he says he says to Jack, I spent two decades, uh, I spent two decades getting cooked, um, watching you getting cooked up in the spaceship, um, obviously alluding to the fact mm. that 
during the time on the Enterprise D and E. Surely Riker should know. Like conception doesn't take that long. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it's. But he's you know he's alluding to the fact like much like him and uh, Deanna during the Enterprise yeah. D um, era, just watching that tension between them and watching the 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 relationship go to and from and on and off. And then you know Picard also says in you know back in the the sick bay scene five times you know we broke it off five times yeah. and you're like oh damn you actually how you know it has been uh five times yeah um that the, 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 they've done this but it's the way that the, the fatherly side of Riker comes out in this scene and Jonathan only Jonathan Frakes could portray this so well hmm. um and it, you he know, is it's, phenomenal it's, it's the sort of thing of seeing Jonathan Frakes again and just good. being like you are really good I'm laughing at uh, Paul in the chat because he's asking how long does conception take asking for a friend <laughs> Paul it really it really varies <laughs> uh it could be it could be <laughs> nine months it could be like a couple of seasons like we had here it could even be one episode in the case of angel and that only takes one like demon dimension i think <laughs> but all the way through uh this you know the, up to this point of the episode we're seeing these energy pulses uh appear on the ship you know the lights get brighter and then they get dimmer mm. and people don't know what they are and it happens again um on uh sick bay and picard walks out of sick bay he speaks to Riker because he, he totally ignores jack um <laughs> He just walks away because at this point Picard is still, although he knows he's his son, he, he just he, he doesn't have the mechanisms to cope and to process it properly. Is it so because he's, like, he's realised that Jack, technically, if he's his son, it means he's a child and he hates kids? Potentially, because <laughs> yeah, do Picard you reckon Jack is going to be kids? celebrating? Um, what is it, Picard? Captain Day. Picard Day <laughs> with a little doll. I'll be on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we. Obviously, you know, Picard walks past Jack and he goes, walk with me, Will. And even Will goes, that is your son. What You know, why are you speaking to him? And, and Picard's just totally focused on the fact that, you know, I have got this entire ship into this mess. Mm. I am going to apologise to Shaw, makes it to the bridge. And even before he could say a word, the Shrike is on them. Um, and uh, they, they, you know, they, they run. They they absolutely yeah. run and the the shrike is firing at them and firing at them, and I think this scene where Shaw gets absolutely walloped <laughs> was brilliant because I thought this was it for Shaw. Yeah, I, I generally thought this was it for Shaw because you have that explosion. It would really be a shame to lose a character. Like, after we've literally hated him one episode, started loving him the next episode, we're like, oh, you're dead now. Oh, yeah. But it, it's the fact that it's the difference between normal Star Trek and Picard, the fact that, like, we get to see blood. Like, and yeah. how kind of important it is here where you're just like, oh, he is fucked. Like, you know, he literally yeah, because hits he, the ground hard. Like, he gets blown up by the console exploding, goes through, the, and really. Why do they do that, by the way? No one's ever mentioned, like, why they just go, you know, what how about we make it where the cons console explodes when we get shot from outside yeah like, surely they would build the computer and actually i was noticing with the computers where you have like they never used to have screens that freaked out you know how yeah. like throughout the whole thing it's like oh in the nebula and there's like you know electromagnetic like disturbance and yeah. all the screens are like flickering and stuff and i'm like 
didn't used to do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, not like it was oh, in the old days. <laughs> the, the advancement in technology. I mean, yeah, shout, like, oh, they made it worse. They got, shout they got out cheap to, ones from eBay. Shout, shout out to, to Michael Okuda and um, Doug Drexler, who, 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 I mean, Michael Okuda invented L-Cars. Uh, from the next generation onwards, uh, they've been nicknamed the Kudograms, and this is all this is a Kudogram all over. Absolutely beautiful, but uh, yeah. So sure, the, the 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 console explodes. It's a power surge. Why no one in the twenty fourth, twenty fifth century has ever heard yeah. of surge protection? Well, you know, like, I honestly like considering you have like O'Brien who has like uh, second backups and whatnot, and then you just got them yeah. being like, no, no, we'll make it so that you know the electricity just goes straight into the glass screen. That's a yeah. that's a great thing to do. But but Shaw Shaw gets his head like he, he hits his head. I mean, really the the wallop, and then you just see the blood pooling out of his out of his mouth, yeah. and then he just looks at Riker and he goes. You got us into this. You get us out, and he just transfers yeah. commands. He's like, "No, no, your job now," and goes I, to sick. <laughs> see, I, I I loved it because it's like, "Hey there, blue blue harvest toys." How oh, hey, blue harvest doing? toys. Um, yeah, no, I like though that it's basically like Shaw is determined, even though he's like, "Hey, I need to put things in your hands because I un- yeah. I respect you and know you're capable of doing this." But I'm not happy about it. Like it, it's literally a, he's not backing down. He's still like I'm not happy about this. But fuck, <laughs> you know, he's, you're he just, and the way he delivers it, it's so venomous. It's so sort of like I'm I'm he's so honestly, angry just to be in this situation. He's the most like the weight on his shoulders that have been put upon by other people. <laughs> I've I've said this before, but he's a dick. But he's a dick that's right, and I am warming to him every single episode and yeah. he you know he knows now uh, you know even under uncon well semi-conscious dripping with blood and he's like he knows to relieve duty he knows it's the right thing to yeah. do he's compromised the next chain of command is right it can't be picard because picard's retired and he does that and i'm like yeah and uh, sure for me is out of everything we've seen so far Bar the legacy characters, Shaw is the standout performer of Star Trek Picard, mm. and Todd Stashwick plays him mm, perfectly. Wait, but he gets... I'm enjoying all of the characters, but I think I, I'd agree that Shaw is the new one of the new characters we can like because obviously, mm. like we said through the previous series, it's like, hey, we introduced loads of characters, and did they really land? Did really really know what to do with them? And then he is very much kind of like, yeah, I love him. He's a great addition to the the show. Yeah. Also, shout out for this scene. They find the Shrike by looking out the goddamn window. <laughs> yes. Oh, big ship. Windows. <laughs> Finally. Finally um, used for windows. But then, but then we go back. Also, also in this scene where he gets Picard uh, and Picard becomes the number one. Oh. See, I, I loved that. And, you know, the. I the forgot weird... about that. Yeah. Where, where, where he's like, Picard, can you, can you fire a torpedo whilst rolling and then use physics? He's like, I've already done it. And yeah. it's like, oh damn, oh damn. And then obviously you see that great the visual effects in, in yeah. modern Star Trek are brilliant. And this again is a bar above what we have seen so far. So we see that lovely shockwave bit where the fire the torpedo, phaser causes a shockwave, just propels the shrike, God knows where. And then obviously because yeah. goes, call me number one. And Will's like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the boss now. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, well, blue blue harvest. What do you say? Uh, what are you saying? Which is the what? 
But, uh, love the episode, but my one gripe is Riker wouldn't say that to Jean-Luc Picard. Ooh. Are you saying that we'll, later on when we we'll get to yeah. that? We'll get to that because the next scene takes us back to Metallus Prime, which <laughs> is strange because, you know, in the previous episodes we've had it intertwined. But again, this is why I said the pacing is much better in this episode because they've sort of mm. gone like half the episode is here, then the other half is here. Uh, we go back to Metallus Prime and we've got a lovely, again, a lovely callback to Star Trek First Contact with Berlioz playing as Worf is doing his Tai Chi blade yeah. manoeuvres. Rafi's like coming down. She's like, who the fuck's on my ship here? And he does his Tai Chi. And at the crescendo of the of the musical arrangement, Worf just turns around and just takes the gun straight out yeah. of the hand. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, and I, I've had to write it down because goddamn, when I go to Costa or Starbucks, this is what I want to write on my <laughs> Yeah, what's your name? <laughs> I am Worf, son of Morg, house of Martak, son of Sergei, house of Ryshenko, bane to the Jurash, slayer of Gauron. I have made some chamomile tea. Do you take sugar? I, I, I love, A, the callbacks, like all the references. References to Martok from DS9. Instances, uh, references to Garon, who is one of my favourite things ever, because that actor, I've never seen an actor have as much fun as the guy who plays Garon. Shout out just, to Garon's eyes. Just, <laughs> did, did, like, there was no scenery left. There was Whoa. never any scenery left in the scene. Because <laughs> um, he's just taking the mic. And he's so good. But um, but it's also the fact of like the uh, how will you take your tea is like it feels like a reference to TNG where it's like good tea, nice house, which is one of my favorite bits ever. Oh. Where you just get war sitting there with a cup of tea. And it's like good tea. It, it's that <laughs> amazing use of like wharf for comedy. And it doesn't happen that much in DS9, but in the TNG, the early TNG, he's very much a comedic character where it plays upon how powerful he is and how notorious he is. Yeah. And then they make it comical because he's in situations that you can't imagine it. And so it's great that they kind of brought that back here, like by he's, basically being like, yeah, yeah he, he is a legend in the universe, the Alpha Quadrant. He is point. a Klingon. He is a Klingon that is so goddamn deadpan. Um, and I will never forget where the the episode of TNG where Q becomes human, and he's like, "How how could I how could I prove to you that I am human?" And Morpheus just goes, "Die." <laughs> and it's just it's so brilliantly delivered by Michael Dawn as well. And this, like I said, this this whole scene where he's just like, "Do you take sugar?" <laughs> it's just like it's absolutely it's brilliant. The- the one thing I will say, and it didn't really come across in this scene, it came across in a later scene, like how good Michael Dawn is, obviously. Like it's yeah. it's this weird thing, is the rapport between him and Rafi throughout this whole episode is amazing. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, they know how to use Rafi now. They found yes. a wonderful foil for Rafi. Yes. I I love this like coupling. Um, but it's the idea of like Michael Dawn doesn't really suit the makeup. Like you get the impression that Michael Dawn is still youthful enough mm. that he could just be normal Worf. And so it feels a bit weird that he's like gray. And I know gray. lots of time has yeah. passed, but it's, I don't know if, if it's the only thing I can criticize this episode on is the fact that Worf does kind of look he's over made up maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't help that the, Michael Dawn in uh, real life is 
a lot slimmer than what he used to be when he played Worf because which is the um, opposite we usually see because usually yeah. we're like, oh, it's a Trek actor. Oh, they're it's, massive it's, now. <laughs> with 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 Michael Dawn, obviously. Oh, fine. Dawn was a he loved a burger. He absolutely loved a burger. He loved a burger. <laughs> that, that's was, what I want was, on my epitaph. That, that's going to be my tombstone. He loved a burger. He loved his meat and he loved He loved weights. five guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that's more of a sort of aspiration, really, actually. Oh, my. Um, he, yeah, so he was he was naturally uh, stockier when he played Worf, but there was a, there was a, there's a story behind it because Michael Dawn in, Michael Dawn in real life um, got cancer. Um, yeah. And they they basically said, "Look, you need to change your entire diet mm. um, to to help you get over this this cancer." I mean, it, it, yeah. it was treatable, um, but you needed to change your diet. So Michael Dawn became a vegan a few years ago, and basically within a year, he he transformed from this really stocky, you know. M- well-built man to the, the lead. <laughs> that was the most tactical searching of words I've ever seen. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but he became, you know, he, he transformed from from that type of that type of body to lean and trim and yeah. athletic. And I think um I, I do believe in in this season they will explain that because we know in the, we know from the trailers that Worf is a pacifist. And I wonder, with the whole chamomile tea, are they going to chop a man's head off in self-defense, Graham? <laughs> that no, you can't be like, oh, I'm a pacifist, but only when it's it was a. You can just imagine Gandhi just gunning people down, just telling people he's like, they came right for me. <laughs> shout out to Sneed, by the way. Oh, you can do shout out to Gandhi. <laughs> well, shout out to Gandhi as well, but shout out to Sneed, greatest Ferengi name. In, in all of Ferengana. I am still Cola. Slugger Cola, the slimiest cola the slimiest in the galaxy. Cola in the universe. In the galaxy, there we go. In the galaxy. Shout out because I still firmly believe somewhere in the Alpha and Beta quadrant, there is Gary the Ferengi. Gary, 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 shout out to Gary the Ferengi. Shout out to Gary. I said it last week and I will say it again. Gary the Ferengi is somewhere <laughs> because why would. You know, why wouldn't you embrace other cultures' names? We do it here on Earth. Let the Ferengi have Gary, Derek, and Bob. The wonderful thing about Star Trek is anything can happen. Like, pretty much anything Anything can can happen, happen. as long as you can give it a consistent pseudoscience explanation. Yeah. Um, No, I I absolutely love the scene. We get a wonderful rapport between him and Rafi. He kind of explains everything. Like, he kind of goes, hey, I knew what was going on. I didn't want to get you in danger. That's why we didn't tell you about anything. And it's it's an interesting one because... Yeah, he still keeps it cryptic, but it's also the idea of, obviously, like, bringing the fact that Rafi is... I don't know, she's very much searching for a purpose and it's kind of messing things up. Like, you know, because she put herself in real danger in the last episode and she would have got killed if Worf hadn't have helped. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's sort of like, it's basically we're joining forces now and at the end of the scene she's just looking and she she's she, she's looking a bit full because she's like oh my god you're a legend and this that and yeah. the other uh and we get no backstory for Worf in this scene it's just basically you know i have learned to work on myself as the humans say mm. but then he's like we we believe you know i believe that it's uh this this person called titus ricker i'm not aligned with i my my goals are aligned with starfleet so think of me as a subcontractor which i thought 
odd word, but okay, let's yeah. go on with it. And then he's like, uh, you're going to help me find Titus Ricker, gives her the gun back, and she just goes, <laughs> cool. And it's just like, yeah. You know, if Worf comes to you and he's like, I'm Worf, lists off all of his accomplishments, he's like, <laughs> let's join forces. Slayer of Garon. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's let, let's go find a let's go find a scummy human while we're yeah. at it. I mean, even if you didn't know TNG before seeing this, it's enough. It's enough to go. Oh, he's really tough. Oh, he has all these titles and stuff like that, and how she reacts to him, and that's kind of all the introduction you need for Wolf. Hey, no money, G. Uh, Wolf is working on himself, as he even said. That's exactly yeah, yeah, exactly what he says. He's and, uh, working yeah, on himself. Out. But then he we stopped go back. the burgers. So my God, yeah, he's stopped, he's the, burgers. stopped the burgers. Yeah. Um, but then we go back to uh the Titan and Sydney's like, We've got 20 minutes until we've got warp power. Um, and then we get the start of the to and from him from Picard and Riker. Yeah, I just want to mention something. I've got a note before this bit, uh, Ooh. which is basically I, you know, the is it a science the science officer on the bridge? Uh, the Vulcan, oh, the Vulcan, the yes. And I got really freaked out because I was like, What's wrong with them? Like, there's something seriously wrong with them, and I couldn't put my finger on it for ages. And then the second time they pop up, I'm like, they're bald. Have we ever had a bald Vulcan before? And it, I, maybe, but you know, like, I was literally just like, I was trying to pick pick something, and I was just like, well, what's wrong with them? And I'm like, oh, they're bald. And it's like such a strange decision, really. If, if we have ever had a bald Vulcan in Star Trek, someone in the chat or down in the yeah. comments below, let me know, because I can't, from memory... We I, can't I Google it. Uh, someone in the chat, Google it and let us know if Google there's been Go to Memory Vulcan. Alpha. Cheat. Go to yeah. Memory Alpha, the, the Star Trek wiki. Um, but it's interesting, because obviously yeah. this is another thing where the series is going, like, go, going away from the stereotypes. Like, it's going away from the cliches that the older ones had to rely on for identity, like, like Romulans always having the... The same the haircut, the ball cut, yeah. and the shoulders and stuff. And now they're like, no, Romulans don't have to be like that. So I thought it was a nice little touch that they're like, hey, it's a Vulcan that, and we've seen a lot of Vulcans. Like in Enterprise, we get to see like Vulcans in in that what what is it the second episode of season two or whatever where they go back in where it's basically about the first Vulcans that landed oh, on yes. Earth and they're in uh, that Carbon village. Creek. Yeah, that's a great little episode, by the way. I really like that one. Um. But you know, you get to be like, hey, the, these are Vulcans <laughs> in a very odd situation and whatnot. But yeah, I just thought I'd point that out because I thought it was really interesting. I yeah, I, I mean I I absolutely I, I, I like this new crew. I would love to know more about this new crew. Uh the Bajoran Heldensman. Obviously, we've got Sydney, the uh the Vulcan. They they do have names, but forgive me, the names um slip me at the moment. Uh but yeah, so we we this is the first scene where we start to see tension between Picard and Riker because Picard wants to fight. Mm. Riker wants to run. Um, but, I, I, you know, we, we, this is the first inkling that, you know, we've got a difference of opinion between them both. Um, and then we, we go down to sickbay and Shaw, uh, vital, Shaw's vitals start dropping. Hmm. And Jack runs over because he's busy treating someone else, but he runs over and he, he they they turn Shaw and the and this is the redeeming moments that uh, you referenced earlier for Crusher. Yeah. Where, you know, oh, he's bleeding internally. Oh, well, nothing showed up. And he's like, ha ha, it wouldn't show <laughs> up initially if it was a concussion. And I was like, Yes, Beverly, you know your shit. Teach the trill. Yeah. Uh, you know, teach her who's boss. And the lean over. 
and Shaw, even when he's in immense pain and is potentially dying, is looking Jack in the eyes and he's like, how do they keep finding us? Hmm. And then Jack just looks at the trip. By the way, how much blood does Shaw have in his body? Well, to be fair, Jack explains it later on by pointing out to that uh, ensign, basically, hey, you have a lot of blood in your body. You'll be fine. Yeah. Well, so humans yeah. have a lot of blood in them. Don't ask. Have, a, have a lot of blood, yeah. So, <laughs> but but uh, he, he asked Jack, how do they keep finding it? And Jack looks at the trail of blood coming uh, from outside of sickbay into the bio bed. And he knows, he, he thinks he knows something. So, yeah. you know, he, he does a runner. We go back to the bridge and it's like 10 minutes to go. Um, and then we see more of these energy pulses. And then the the, the Vulcan science officer, she's like, these, we, we don't know what they are. I think it's an anomaly. It's it's both, uh, it's both artificial and biological at the same time. And we can't really mm. go into it. But if we go any further into the nebula, we'll get pulled into the gravity well. We, we have to essentially turn around and run so yeah. Riker's basically saying right sydney tell engineering i don't care how long it takes to get to the end of the nebula but they have got until then to basically pop the clutch and go yeah because we are uh we are running um so in the in the chat uh we've had a lot of people searching for bald vulcans and apparently i'm totally wrong apparently they are they're in the motion picture and they're in search for Spock. So fuck Spock. So fuck my drag. Uh, also, uh, Christopher's googled bald Vulcan pics, and yeah, we don't want to know what he's found. Yeah, incognito <laughs> mode is. Thank you, Deviant Art. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously they they start running, and then again the Shrike turns up right behind them, right behind them. How does she keep finding us? How do they keep finding them? How do they keep finding them? But then we get. We get the use <laughs> of the portal gun. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. The cake is a lie. <laughs> it's it's so good, this. Like, but this is the thing. It's like we had it in the video game portal and stuff, but like, yeah, portals could be really so abused. Like, I guess we see it in one of the X-Men films. Is it um is it Days of Future Past where it has like the, so. the horrendous future, but it has the character who can make portals? Chap, you yeah. might know better about who this is. Um, but you know, like you could just sever people's arms. You could literally just cut someone's head off if you had the power yeah. to generate portals anywhere. Like it's a crazy good ability. And it's great seeing the Shrike doing it. Like obviously the Shrike doesn't want to destroy them. They they need someone alive, and obviously Beverly's suggesting that maybe it's Picard that she's after technically, mm. uh, even though she's going for like his son. Yeah. Uh, but you know they don't want to kill them. They they don't want to kill them, but they're sort of basically just going, "Hey, you can't escape the nebula this way," and basically teleporting them back to where they were, and they I, just in, indefinitely do it. I I loved it. Um, I, I loved it because it was like a cat toying with their prey where it's just like yeah and 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 again amanda Plummer, yeah in this in this scene all the way through she 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 doesn't get much attention but she is calm and you can tell that vedic is calculated i think she is we established her last episode we established uh it's i i keep going on she's not called vedic because that's what the bajoran priests are called but then she is so it's like okay yeah. so vedic and i keep correcting myself vedic Baral. Um, yeah, that's it. Medic Riley's back again. <laughs> just die. You've got a fucking robot brain. Shout out to my Bajorans. Shout out to my Bajoran. My Bajoran Omi. But, um... <laughs> I'll put the badge on the other side. 
<laughs> but I'll yeah, just take um, off my uniform and have a have a Bajoran fleet uniform. We'll just put our earrings on. We'll put our earrings <laughs> on. Open the orb of prophecy. Have a bit of a glance in there. Um, but yeah, uh, and and the fact is, she didn't need too much time now because we've established that she's a threat. She's really powerful, and I think it's just yeah, it was just wonderful. She's like hunting those- her prey. Yeah, like establishing a character that well in a show where you can now just go, we'll just have some reaction shots or we'll just have her being like, oh, attack or oh, fire kind of thing. It's Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, if she's fighting, if she's firing this portal, then why does the Titan just fly in? Why doesn't the Titan just go left or why does the Titan just go up or down? And I'm like, dude, right. I know these are fake ships, but they are heavy as fuck. fake ships have you ever seen an oil tanker turn on a dime no because they are heavy so they don't have once they're in momentum they can't suddenly just turn and well this is the thing is in the chat i think it was a blue harvest was saying that um you know like the ships are weirdly maneuverable and i'm like not in this episode in this episode you very much go they're like let's turn and they're like it's you know, sort of, yeah. You know, maybe you're just like, oh, bollocks. I'm pretty sure they used to be better than that. But it's, it's for, sort for of purposes. They're kind of going, okay, it can't really turn that well. The sort of showing like that this yeah. ship is heavy and it, it is a little bit cumbersome to me because this was the same for the, the Enterprise D, the fat one, as they called it in, in episode one. They're <laughs> not maneuverable, as you may think, because they are really big things that they need to move and all those you know it's space but still it's a lot of stuff to move with little tiny thrusters and impulse engines and stuff like that but the the whole toying uh with them where it's basically yeah we keep going further out she'll just keep pulling us back and it's like Riker's like oh dip like what are we basically what what are we uh going what are we going to do because we essentially we are in a net we are we are trapped but then they go back uh obviously it goes back to metallis prime uh a little bit of a short scene this one i thought uh where they're looking for titus ricker um but i love the little tune in front and and i absolutely agree with what you said earlier on about raffi and wolf they are utilizing raffi with wolf 110 percent. the chemistry is there the raffi now has a purpose in this season yeah, no, it's the fact of I'm going, oh, thank God they're using Raffi properly because, like, you know, obviously Agnes got, like, you know, redemption last season. Um, I think Rico was kind of fine. Like, Rico was kind of fine throughout, even if they didn't really do a, a recast, sorry. Um, they didn't really do enough with his, like, holograms. I thought that was a bit of a shame that they could have done a lot more with that. But, um, yeah. yeah. It's great they're using Raffi. And I just wonder if it's Michael Dawn. I just wonder if Michael Dawn is one of those actors where they can make anyone great alongside them. He has been in more Trek than any other actor known to man. He yeah. is a seasoned alumni. So I think he... Hold, hold on. Blue Harvest is saying um, Strange New Worlds Enterprise turns like Ottoman's car. He's just like, yeah. okay, fair cop, fair cop. Fair, fair cop on that one, fair cop. Um <laughs> Yeah, so but this this was a show, and, and I love the dialogue between Raffi and and uh, Wolf, where she's like, "You don't look inconspicuous." He's like, "This is casual," and she's like, "Casual for a beheading," and she's <laughs> like, "Oh, I didn't realize beheadings were on a Tuesday." And obviously, they then see Titus, and yeah. then have this little tiny tiny little chase, and Wolf just slams Titus <laughs> into this. T- I mean, even I'm going. 
Oh, that must have <laughs> really hurt because it's just literally whoop, boof. Yeah, it's, it's great, great stunts where it's basically like the fact of the way they filmed it and stuff makes that look painful. And it's just oh, like, that's great. That was a metal table and that must have hurt. And yeah. then that tiny little quip at the end where Wolf just looks around and goes, the headings are on a Wednesday. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I love that. I love that they're using him in a comedy fashion in this one. Where it's like, you know... <laughs> yeah. I to, if we get more of Wolf acting like that this season, oh, uh, more to it. Yeah. Bring it. This this all again, and I've said this for the last 20 years, Captain Wolf series. Captain Wolf series, please. I think it's really interesting. Like, I think this is going to be, I think, I wonder if this season is like the taster thing where they're kind of good where you know where basically they're just going hey this actor probably could carry a series they're probably testing things out to be like could we do this and obviously there is things that come very very soon in the episode that basically make me very happy about that yes you could go in this direction for another series if you are fielding for spin-offs i will happily provide you with a list because (laughs) my God. But Paul Paul is just like, everyone gets a spin-off. And it's like the the Oprah thing where it's like, you get a spin-off. You get a spin-off. And I'm like, like, Paramount, if you are ending shows and you want new ones, you have got plenty of opportunities from these just these three episodes you've got plenty of opportunities but it was it was a it was a nice quick scene with this with dawn and we get that lovely little quip and then it goes back to uh the titan where jack goes he tries to get to the bridge and they're like "Uh -uh, uh -uh, nope you're not going anywhere so he goes back to seven and he's like look we are leaving a trail you were a fenris ranger you know this shit what could it be? Because he's like, they are finding us when they shouldn't be finding us. And then it comes to the deduction that it's the uh, deuterium uh, that that um, the deuterium that coats the warp coils. They believe that is that there could be a leak from that because all the Shrike needs is a mass spectrometer. They don't need sophisticated sensors. They literally just need a spectrometer to look for the gaseous trail and follow that trail. And that's how they're finding them. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then we get again Jack Crush is shining here, where the security guard is just like, I'll let you leave. Oh, that's a shame. Thwap. Yeah. And he just knocks him. Spot. And then Seven just going, You're insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, she can hardly talk. Like she's been kicked off in <laughs> subordination. It's like, well, I think they're both fucked if you know if, <laughs> uh, unless they're yeah. gonna be given like a you know, like let off the hook later, they're both gonna have consequences for what they've already done. So she's yeah, she's hardly one to talk. There's there's a I mean, this scene, this this scene, there's a great intertwining between the bridge and 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 seven. Um, where we're starting to go, all oh, right, so there's a saboteur aboard the ship now. Mm. You know, the, the audience is like, mm, okay, we, we might it, have a it, little... It's kind of interesting, though, because this wasn't foreshadowed at all, but I wonder no. if it was. I kind of wonder if we watched episode two, one or two back, there might be sort of like a something, you know, I it feels like that kind of yeah. quality of series. Um, but yeah, no, there's a saboteur aboard, and it's like, oh, that's really odd. Surely they would know who that, you know, what and it, who that was. Yeah. It's 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 this this is like the first like a new mystery that comes in and then in between this uh, we still got Picard and Riker at odds by saying Picard wants to fight mm. Riker just wants to get and and I love when Riker just basically says you know I am taking this ship and this crew home mm. 
and I, and I and I and I love that because I, I mean I want to discuss it later, but the way Picard says this, this doesn't feel like Picard for me. He's like, this is an yeah. admiral. This is a person who knows there's five hundred souls aboard, and his son. Yeah, and he wants to run. Uh, he wants to fight. No, wants sorry. To, yeah, I was going to say it's like, and it, this is this caught me off guard as well because it's the idea. Of, but you've already pointed out that it's futile. You've already pointed out like how oh, outgunned you resistance are. is futile, Graham. Yeah, oh, oh god, he's turning into Lagutas. <laughs> um, back to Lagutas. Let's milk that one fucking dry. That, that one that two episode arc. Let's just milk it again. But yeah, no, it's it's very much that, like you know, like I don't know why he does that, and I I assume it's because he's desperate, and we've never seen Picard like actually making bad decisions out of desperation, and I don't know. I think I felt it could have been, I felt it could have had a bit more build up to him being like, we need to fight yeah. because it's our only option, because that is what he's saying. But yeah. obviously, you know, I'm pretty sure they could escape. I'm pretty, you know, pretty. I'm pretty sure that a few agile maneuvers, you know, yeah. the Picard maneuver. Well, they couldn't do the Picard maneuver, but you know, I'm pretty sure they could do something, you know, Kirk, Beta, Epsilon, or whatever they call the uh, the evasive maneuvers in uh, yeah. Star Trek. So I'm pretty sure they could do that. But yeah, I found this bit a bit odd. But obviously, this scene in the place it needed to happen Jack, for the plot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we'll, yeah, we'll give them that one. Yeah. Um, but this interplays between Seven and Jack, and obviously they go to um, the, the one of the engineering sections, and this and they go, yeah, there is a leak here, and the atmospheric sensors have been disabled. They find that someone has sabotaged the sensors, a full-on blunt, point blank, phased yeah. the uh, the sensors. So Seven's like, right, put on your mask. I'll go do this, and then when I tell you, you restore uh, the system. As they're doing that shifty guy from episode one a shifty guy from what a shift a shifty guy from episode one appears he, yeah the, who did yeah. actually was really was he the guy looking through the back window earlier like oh, yes he was yes because i i wondered why he was so angry like he cuts off the other yeah. person and i was like why have they put that bit in like yeah, is why, it just a random like was it just saying hey on starships you get dickheads um yeah, like, he, and they're not just sure um yeah but yeah, so it was interesting. Like I didn't pick up immediately that it was the same guy, like uh, there. But yes, but he, a uh, guy comes along and he uh, bashes Zach around, uh, Jack, Jack around with um, a bit more force than a human might be capable of, or but a Bajorian might be capable of. But then Graham gets <laughs> back, and what happens? Yes, <laughs> I. You know, we, it gets better <laughs> later. But I was literally. The, the 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 hope in my heart 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 that's weather uh -huh. the, the hope the hope in my heart started rising and I was like oh will they oh is this is this what we've been waiting for but yes Jack punches him and his face shimmers basically uh, as though it's not fully and I thought I thought for a split uh, second in the age of streaming in the age of streaming I thought has my graphical quality suddenly destabilized during this part of the episode? Because I was like, <laughs> I've gone to standard def. And I was like, the and I was like, fucked. yeah. And, and I out loud went, oh, what the, oh. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it, it, oh. Yes. And I was out loud going, oh. 
but but then but then obviously we go to the next scene which basically sort of cements it because obviously well the next scene is Raffi and Worf isn't it or is it uh so so Jack gets knocked uh unconscious and the shifty yeah. shifty yellow shirt as I'll call shifty him, yellow uh, shirt shifty shifty <laughs> Granville shifty yellow shirt legs it mm. uh Jack is dying from gas uh gas intoxic uh in inhalation inhalation thank you um and then it goes into the interrogation scene with uh raffi and wolf where they're doing the old good cop uh bad cop and raffi yeah. is just literally I love how Worf is the crazy. good cop and it's like this is just it's a weird brilliant isn't it pairing, you know? it's such a dramatic reversal for what we know of wolf where raffi's yeah. like i'm gonna pull out your fingernails one by one <laughs> just to make me feel better and Worf's like mm-hmm Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, no, no, no. It's beheadings are Wednesdays. Um, the interesting thing is, I didn't realize this, but one on one of the uh, gay trek groups I'm on on Facebook, someone pointed out that the actor who plays the captive was actually the child actor who was in Voyager as one of the little Victorian kids. And I'm like, whoa, what a also what a that is, you know. Also, I believe he was in the TV series, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, as well. Really. Yes, I believe That's I can't crazy. remember his name. Someone in the chat might be able, or someone in the comments might be able to clarify. Uh, but I believe he was that, and he plays uh, withdrawn dude really well in this. <laughs> withdrawn because dude. Because we we think we <laughs> is think that he's like, like, is that like one of those terrible IMDb titles where it's this like, is me, woman who shits yeah. herself or like. <laughs> This is me without caffeine for five minutes because I'm like, he's got the shakes, he's sweating. And even even Rafi's like, dude, why why are you like sweating yeah. so much? And you know, and for me, she, is, she assumes it's withdrawal. Yeah. And for, for me at this scene, I'm like, I'm starting to put things together. And I'm like, could it be? Could it be? But they don't allude to it. Yeah. They don't allude to it. Worf is. Wolf steps in and he does his good cop routine and um, still doesn't give anything away. We hear nothing from, from Titus in this scene because then it flashes straight back mm. to uh, the Titan with Jack hallucinating. And I, I, I want to pick your brain about this scene as well. Mm. Red vines and red doors. What? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was I was thinking about it and then obviously my mind was like, no, wait, that's Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah oh my god yes yeah Thank i was you. kind of like going, yeah. oh yeah i know what this is no wait wait that's a totally different show so i i don't is it know vector? Like... is it not vedic is it <laughs> imagine if it's vector and i'd cross over oh my um... god he's back <laughs> and he's 500 years in the future <laughs> i guess to be fair dnd dnd is a sort of oh well it's not now is it worth Thank you, Wizards of the Coast. But D&D was when they were doing Picard, like a sort of universally applicable thing. So you could probably yeah. be like, oh, let's put Vector in bloody air. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, I, I do not know what this was referring to. I, I liked it, but I think it hit me in a way of, you know, when you don't want to think too much about it because you know there's going to be a nice payoff later. So I was kind of going, oh, okay, yeah. cool. I, I won't think into this too much because I, I, I'm excited I will to say see one thing. the reveal. I will say one thing. Oh God, we've, we've this... nearly been going for an hour and a half. Christ. <laughs> Good. We will keep going on. Sorry, everyone in the chat. <laughs> I will say one thing. If this is a link to the Red Angel, and I know it won't be, but so help me God, if this is a link to the Red Angel, I will not be happy. 
because <laughs> I saw red and I was just like, no, not the red angel. No, 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 please, for the love of God, no. Um, like, that's oh, we thing. just just decided to uh, end discovery. And now they're like, yeah, yeah, this is how they end discovery. You know? Yeah. Um, but then Seven uh, picks him up, takes him to sickbay and says to Picard, Jack's injured. I'm taking him to sickbay and Riker goes, go. Now this little mm. tiny scene in the turbo lift, Graham, is 17 seconds long. Is it? But, but this is it. This is how amazing this episode is in terms of storytelling, that this whole mm. thing got foreshadowed. You know how last episode you were talking about how amazing the unspoken uh, conversation between Picard and yes. Beverly was, and how it was written so well that you knew exactly what they were thinking, even though they didn't say anything. That's what this did, because it foreshadowed it earlier with Riker talking about how getting the turbo lift to, you know, the uh, to Thaddeus's birth. yeah to Medway uh, Medway to what is it like see if his son was going to die or not, and then having Picard in exactly the same situation. We're like we know how it feels because Riker's explained how it feels. It was just this is masterful. Like this is like you know when we're complaining yeah. about Discovery and we're going like oh why is the writing so spotty in places kind of thing. This is like this is back to sort of DS Nine TNG level like. Uh, writing, writing, yeah. This, <laughs> Why did this, I struggle with that word? These these tiny little scenes, like like in episode two, and and this seventeen second scene. These scenes show why you need someone who is n- not only worked on Star Trek previously, but loves Star Trek and knows the material to a T. Because obviously, this episode was directed by Jonathan Fricks. Yeah. Need we say more? And and Terry Metalis is the the showrunner. Mm. They know how to hit the right beats in this episode with these tiny little scenes. And like I said, I, I sat there because I, I rewatched it and I thought no. And I timed it, and it was seventeen seconds in the turbo lift. And I thought yes. And then that is clever. I did not gets, know that. Yeah, and when he when he gets to sick bay, this is the point. And again, no words are needed. Like last week, no words are needed. But you I mean, see... the subtitle still gives everyone words. Like, I was watching Damn. it with the subtitles. Damn it, and Amazon Prime! A mouth and it still comes up with the words. I'm like, not needed, yeah. but thanks, subtitles. <laughs> but this scene, like last week's, where there are no words, there are just facial emotions and music. Mm. This is the scene where Picard, I think, finally accepts that this is this that Jack is yeah. his son and the relief on his face when jack uh starts breathing again and you know you know yeah. starts starts becoming conscious again the relief on his face and you're like he's the father now yeah. he's got the father mentality he's got the relief he he's accepted and embraced that jack is his son and they didn't need any exposition they didn't need any words just music and facial expressions perfect yeah i mean the one thing i will say about this scene is that it was a tough wank but i managed and that's where the tone gets lord ladies and gentlemen you love us you love us us for it ladies and gentlemen i love it i love it oh i love Um, it we do do love a graham wank moment the best scene ever yes we go back we go back to we go back to Wolf and Raffi. I'm tingling. I'm tingling at what happened. And this is, I, I, 
<laughs> Graham messaged me when he watched this, <laughs> and he and he basically said exactly what I said. I and he was like the scene, and I went, "Did you squeal too?" And he was like, "I squealed." I really because- did. Because I literally, I have a, I have a, a WhatsApp conversation between me and a, a friend who might eclipse both of us in terms of her nerddom for Trek. Oh dear! Like she, she's done everything. She's been to like Germany to go to the conventions and stuff. She's got photos with everyone and stuff. Um, you know, like she's a massive, massive Trekkie. And mm. um, and basically, she was like, "Oh, I haven't watched it yet," and I'm like, "Watch it!" And she's like, "Oh, but my child is sick, so he's off school." And I'm like. Put him in the bin. Forsake your watch children. You know, like, you can watch it as well. Don't just shut up. <laughs> Have your priorities, right, woman. You know, it's just <laughs> ignore your spawn. Watch Picard, you know. But yeah, like, so I hope that I've put the suitable amount of pressure on her. But I might, I may have spoiled it because I basically said it made me very happy, which basically her knowing me goes, that means it must be alluding to, you know. So we yes. see Titus Ricker. Uh, and we see he's becoming more and more destabilized. Rafi still he's becoming under more the emo. He's going through a bit of a Green Day phase, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, v- yeah very Billy from Green Day. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what I was like. I was like, oh, oh wow, he's oh, yeah, yeah. back in the future. That's a hell of a homage, Star Trek. Thank you. Um, so Rafi still believes that he's getting withdrawals and stuff like that, and then his voice changes. His voice because yeah. he keeps saying it's Romulans, and she's like, bullshit, and blah, blah, blah. and then his voice changes, and she goes, oh, that's new. And then Worf, That's not withdrawal. Worf just comes out and he goes, how long have you been away from the Great Link? Oh, <laughs> my God. That was it. I, I squealed. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I, I just lost my shit. It's, I absolutely lost it. I've, I've literally got goosebumps. But it's this idea of this is exactly what I wanted from Picard. Like, I can die happy now. But it can. Th- this can go the way of the other seasons, technically, where it just goes, oh, after episode three, it goes shit, and they go back in time or something like that. But this is basically the payoff I wanted, where it's, it's basically Picard referencing DS9, and we're getting yeah. characters that we haven't had before, like Picard Riker, involved in events from DS9. Because what yes. they're referring to with the Great Link is they're referring to the Changelings, uh, the founders, who are the main antagonists for DS9, where they are yeah. the Dominion. Mm-hmm. And the Dominion are basically a, you know, a, what do you, a space confederacy? They are, they are know, a, you know, a, an empire in the Gabba Quadrant. Yeah. And, um, and basically they're ruled by shapeshifters who are basically, they can turn into anything they want. And they're one of the most terrifying enemies there's ever been because they can be anything. As we're seeing, they can be like saboteurs. They can just, just by having one on your ship, they can cause absolute chaos throughout stuff. And it's always been a bit of a shame because they're never, ever referenced again in actual TV Star Trek or movie Star Trek. Not yet. Only in DS9. They're not in Voyager at all. They're not Mm -hmm. in Enterprise. They're not in Discovery, I don't think, or anything. And then to have them going, oh, they're in Picard now. Like it was, yeah, this is amazing because this is the plot line that we want to see more of because we hear later on in the episode that uh, we we just get more plot 
about it and it's like a continuation of ds9 and that makes me very happy because that's well, my well favorite let's trip. let's discuss that let's yeah. let's get into it because obviously obviously the they, reason... they beat him up and the reason why the reason why he's getting withdrawals and whatnot is because shapeshifters have to revert back to their liquid form every 16 hours i think it is I think Shout it's every 16 Odo's hours, bucket. like Odo says, where Odo, he has to go back to his bucket. Even though there's like 26 hours in a day in Star Trek? I don't know. Ooh. Well, yeah, DS9, they really kind of play around with basically like, oh, there's 25. No, there's 26 in this episode. Mm. Mm. Um, and have random meetings at 4 a.m. in the morning. And you're just like, what the hell is this? Um, but no, uh, but it's the idea of, so it's not withdrawal. It's actually that he's been a hu- he's been in physical form for far too long. And he has to revert back to it, mm. which is obviously why he can't just get out of the cuffs. It's why he can't just sort of. Um... But I guess also it's probably the fact of he wasn't revert. He wasn't like changing in front of them because he didn't want to give the game away, which is why he was allowing himself to get tortured, I guess. But when he destabilizes in Wolf's hands, I, I just lost my shit. Yeah, I lost my shit because I was like, oh, damn. Oh, oh, my God. It's a changeling. They kill him because he's sliming away. On the deck. Yeah, what are you going to do? Like, he literally, he'll just get through the grating there. This is the thing. The Dominion were such a terrifying enemy because, yeah, like, they are pretty much unstoppable. The only way they get... Well, you'll need to watch DS9 to work out uh, to see how they actually Absolutely get watch stopped DS9, in the end. Guys. And it works really well. Mm. But, yeah, uh, but it's also a bit weird that the only thing that can kill changelings seems to be, like, guns. Like, it seems to be phasers or disruptors kind of thing. Because, obviously, like, you can't cut them. them. Yeah. But, yeah, like... Yeah, we see we see Mirror World Odo explode in DS9, yeah. so guns work very well against them. But we get we get great uh, exposition from Wolf uh, after this, um, and the reference to Odo, I yeah. that touched that touched me so much because obviously we'll we'll never see Rene Aubergenois anymore as Odo. May he, he rest has, in because peace. he has passed on. R.I.P. Rene Aubergenois. Um, but Wolf basically says that he received a tip from Odo, who is in the Great Link, that uh, a faction of the founders, who are obviously not happy, because let's be honest, in DS9, it wasn't a mutual surrender. They didn't have a choice because there was a biological weapon and we had the cure. Yeah, like it was so, the idea of because the the thing about the founders, the thing about the changelings is that they're entirely self-serving. Like they don't care about anything except for each other. They mm-hmm. only care about their own race. Like I remember the female changeling who is kind of the main villain of DS Nine in a yes. weird way. I don't, I don't know. I don't think she is, but um, you know, she's posed that way in bits because obviously Gilda Cut exists. Um, but like uh. Well, you know, I think he's the main antagonist. But yeah, but basically yes. she just goes like, we would give up, we would destroy the entire Alpha Quadrant for the sake of Odo, just to get Odo back. Like, that's how little they care about anything except for their own interests. And it's kind of great that they kind of reference that here, where they're just going this, you know, because yeah, it does seem a bit weird that at the end of DS9, they just, they do kind of go like, Okay, cool. Yeah, we surrender. You know, it's you know, so it's nice knowing that there was a faction. There is a faction of them that's like, no, no, no yeah, not that easy. It's, and and the fact that this this portal weapon theft is was merely a ruse for something even more terrifying, which they have stole from Daystrom. Hmm. And it's like, oh, what could be more terrifying? 
I I don't I I'll be disappointed if this is what they do with it, but my mind immediately went to law. Oh. Because okay. we know law's going to be in the law's show later back. on. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, because weren't they talking about how they didn't have a copy of data or anything in season one? So they maybe have... he isn't at Daystrom or something. I, I find this a bit odd because the, going back to Nemesis, they downloaded well, data downloaded everything, his memories essentially into B4 in mm. that. And at the end of Nemesis, obviously, you see B4 starting to process and remember stuff that data had done um, in his life up until that point. And then obviously in first season of Picard, B4 is disassembled in the Daystrom Institute yeah. because the ban on artificial intelligence. Yeah, I'm like, right, okay. <clears throat> uh It'd be interesting to see how law fits into this and how Moriarty fits into this. I'm very excited to how I, all I, this is going to link in. We can't. I don't think we should get our hopes up with Moriarty because I'm pretty mm. sure Moriarty is going to be a one shot. Like I said last week, I think mm. it's going to be that they go back to the Enterprise for some reason. Like they go back to the Enterprise D for whatever reason, and while they're there, they're like, "Oh, let's turn on the Hollow Suites." Oh God, you know, like. I think it's going to be a monster of the week thing with Moriarty. It would be hilarious. Yeah. It would be amazing if they could somehow work him into the wider plot. But I have yeah. a feeling that he's a monster of the week cameo. And I so, think the same maybe with Law, but it would be great if it, if this is referring to Law and that he is actually a bigger part of it rather than a like a fan cameo. There are a few things they'll need to explain with Law. Absolutely, for sure. The hair, for one thing. Because why has an android got grey hair? We don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, but no, no, didn't it? I had actually no. We had an episode of TNG where Data gave himself a white stripe, yeah. didn't they? So he's probably yeah. just wanting to look a bit more distinguished. Yeah. So <laughs> um, obviously, we get the changeling reveal. Uh, we then go back to the Titan where Riker and Picard changelings fucking fucking Dominion mentions. Oh, I'm Riker moist. Picard. I'm getting moist goodwill. <laughs> the mention of the Dominion. Riker and Picard <laughs> argue again where Picard is basically saying, well, we can't run. We need mm. to stand and fight. And this is at the point where Riker finally loses his shit. And yeah. he just basically, he says, we are running my ship. I'm the captain. Sit down. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Captain Riker has now come into, uh, come into form. Um, we then go back to Raffi and Worf, you know, with the, the exposition about the uh, the Dominion, mm. uh, the little background and stuff. And they join forces and they are heading to the Daystrom Institute. As that's playing, we've got the changing on board the Titan, shifty yellow shirt dude. Shifty yellow shirt dude. Planning a bomb in engineering, which... Um, knocks out war drive, basically. Not, well, it not, totally incapacitates them, doesn't it? Yes, because obviously... Slightly before it does, Riker just goes, right, okay, we'll play it your way, Picard. We'll stand and fight. The fire torpedoes. Picard, not realising this dude's got a portal gun. Yeah. The torpedoes are fired. They use a portal and redirect the torpedoes to the Titan. <laughs> it's knocks them. It's brilliant. No, I just love the idea of, like, no, portals are the most ludicrous thing in the entire world. Like, Yeah, but it's like... They didn't factor. They knew she had that weapon, but Picard didn't factor 
that in and this well, ties that's into... exactly it and it's this idea of we're kind of i think it could have been done better but we're kind of seeing picard for the first time ever being irrational because of emotions mm. where it's the yes. idea of he's saying you know like oh we should do this we should fight we should you know and it, and he's doing it purely because all he can think about is protecting his son and like you know uh you know in yeah, basically protecting his son. So it's it, it's weird, and it, maybe it could have been like led up to better. But mm. I can kind of understand like him being like this now. But yeah, but they get totally fucked over by them. So basically, they get you know there's a massive explosion in engineering, knocking the warp drive out, so they can't mm. actually escape, and this literally cripples them. These attacks, and then yeah, they end up falling into a gravity well. Apparently. Yeah, they 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 are getting dragged closer to the gravity well. Riker's face Ooh, he's looks not like happy. Ooh, he, it, he's not resignation. happy. Is he? He's proper yeah. angry. Yeah, there's there's resignation, and he turns and he says, uh, "Basically, leave the bridge. You've killed us all." I yeah. in the Scottish like dub of this, he just says, "Get to fuck." Yeah, get to fuck. Um, <laughs> I didn't like him saying this. Yeah. I think he was very I think he was very unriker and very uncaptainy to yeah. say that in front of your crew because you've essentially resigned to your own fate. And I, I just it, I, I'm it, having it trouble like, I think I think it, I didn't like it, but I, I think if they put it in the idea of he was telling Picard to leave, to go be with his son, or get out of the situation that he's being over-emotional about, that would have been better. But this yes. plays out like he's just going, you've angered me, get the fuck out, you know, you you crappy old man kind of thing. And that's yeah. kind of how it comes across, whereas I think the actual emotion behind it is the idea of all you're thinking about is your son, you're no use here kind of thing, but it doesn't yeah. come across that way. It, 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 yeah, it, it was very unriker, I think. And I don't know if it was emotionally charged, if it was anger, I don't know. But that's out of all the, the episodes, that is the one thing I disagreed with right at the end. It's a great cliffhanger to leave it yeah. because we have that beautiful shot of it just literally barreling <laughs> towards uh, some, yeah. some asteroids, I think it is. And then it just fades to black. But the to say you have killed us all. I don't know. I, I just I don't know. I'm, I have a real issue with it because I just yeah, it didn't feel right for that. No, it it didn't. Like we'll have. Let's just wait for the next episode if we can. Like I physically can't wait for the next episode. I will. I'm too excited. But um, but yeah, no. I I think it was weird, but I think it was a great way to end the episode. So okay, yeah. so we've talked about the episode. Are we? We're done with the episode. We are done. Wait, that that took nearly two hours. Christ! No, it's taking more than two hours. No, no, it hasn't. I can't count. It's no, an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't know how time works. It was Damn that it. good, <laughs> but um, but no, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I absolutely loved that. Um, I I'm trying to work out what's going to happen next. I think that uh, the Shrike's going to save them. I think the Shrike's like, hey, we kind of need you alive because it would be it would be a bit 
weird on a kind of Doctor Who-esque kind of level if they just went, hey, let's just protect you for ages and toy around with you and not actually kill you when we could have. Oh, but then we'll just kill you. You know? It, yeah. 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 I, I think the strike didn't probably, hopefully didn't mean to do that. And they'll like tra- track to beam them out or, or portal them out of it kind of thing. I I think they just did it for a cliffhanger, but uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. What is a gravity well? Like, uh, is a gravity, a gravity well, well where you will get crushed? That's a that's a black hole. A gravity well is essentially uh, something with a large amount of mass that has a, a very large gravitational pull uh, that you get uh, essentially pulled into. But um, what will happen to it? Is it just that you can't get out afterwards? Or it'll it either like a... hit something or it'll get crushed under the immense pressure. Right, okay. So it's, so, a, it's a crushy deathy rather than a... It's a crushy deathy of, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But obviously we, we see some asteroids and we think, oh God, they're barreling towards these asteroids as well. They're disabled. What, what's going to happen? Um, it, it's an obvious cliffhanger. We know they are going to be all right because <laughs> trailers... just die though? Trailers ruin everything, yeah, uh, because we've still got LaForge, we've still got Troy and everything like that. But um, overall, I think this has broke the curse of Picard, where the first two, one or two episodes are brilliant. The third one's like, "Mm, this was brilliant. Yeah. I want to see next week Dominion. I want to see Geordie LaForge. I want to see more Vedic. Yeah, I I, I want to see more of Eddie. Like it's, I I'm just I'm just happy with whatever they do. Like you have you do you ever get it where when something ticks all the boxes that you kind of set out, you're like, cool, roll with it. Like you you've made me happy. Just anything else is a bonus. And we've literally got we've got DS9 references. We've brought DS9 into modern Trek, which is makes me incredibly happy with the Dominion. Uh, and obviously, there might be stuff later on. I don't know, like. Because it's a perfect cameo for something like Garrick or uh, I don't know anyone really. My dear daughter. <laughs> Imagine if they put Garrick in. Imagine if they get like like Andrew Robinson back, Robinson back, and he's just I like. Don't know how many times. I don't know how many times <laughs> I can squeal without my neighbours worrying. Um, but we we will They're see. Like, well, um, at least he's getting some at last. Yeah, <laughs> we we will we will see as the weeks progress. But uh, no, um, that's it. For this review, yeah. Of, uh, Sammy's um, just saying, "Is Will Wheaton in it?" And we're like, "Will Will Wheaton got a cameo at the end of season two? He did, and that, and he might be back in this one. We he, don't he know. Might, we don't know. We, yeah, we, we, we don't know. know but they did go. He's still around. We could use him. Uh, so yeah. fingers crossed. He he was in season two, Sammy. We did see bearded Will Wheaton, and um, because. Well, <laughs> he will never shave for Wesley Crusher. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, so that was it for this week's uh, review of Star Trek Picard. Um, I absolutely loved it. Yet again, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you about (laughs) Star Trek. I love this time of the week where we can just talk and talk about all things Star Trek. It's beautiful, Graham. (laughs) However... Do you have stuff to promote? I have, I have loads of stuff to promote. I'm I'm literally living through hell at the minute because um it is Newcastle Drag Idol and I am the main correspondent for it. So I, as my drag persona, the Velvet Snatch, I've been there every week filming it and interviewing the contestants. 
Uh, it happens at Switch Bar from about 9.30 on Sundays. Yes, that's a great time to have a competition. Um, but that's always been the way of it. It's after songs of praise, we're fine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like, now, now we go to real church. Um, the Church of Greg. Um and then, yeah, and it's 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 a wonderful competition. You should definitely check it out. And if you don't want to check it out and you just want the too long didn't read, that's what my show is, where my week is hell because basically I go to the I go to Drag Idol on Sunday night. I'm there until about half one in the morning in drag, and then I have to de get home, de drag, go to bed, get up for work the next day. After work, I have to write a five a five page A4 script, then go to bed then go to work on Tuesday and then uh, get into drag afterwards and then film all of the me reading the script in front of the camera and whatnot. And then I'm off on Wednesdays, so I have to edit an entire episode. And this episode that we just put out, uh, episode two, took 16 hours <laughs> to edit. I was up at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. Pain. I went to bed at about 12 or 1 <laughs> with it rendering. And it went out last night. People are very much enjoying it, which is great. And then we had the Girl podcast that I'm part of, which if you go to Girl Global, that's G-U-R-L global.com. Uh, that's where you'll find all of that and whatnot. And we, who did we have on yesterday? We had Copper Top, uh, who's a wonderful drag queen uh, from Dan Saf, um, who was on RuPaul's Drag Race season four. Uh, and that'll be coming out, that actually will be coming out beginning of April, probably, because um, I don't have any time to edit it right now. So, yeah, so it's been wonderful. So this, after a very, very tiring week of constant work, having my lunch break today, watching Picard, having like little schoolgirl giggles at it all, and then obviously doing this has been wonderful. And then it's a great catharsis. Tomorrow off. It, is, it is a great catharsis. Um <laughs> I want to thank, uh, obviously, Paul for giving us the opportunity to to do this on yeah. Nerdy Up North. Um, it's absolutely. Oh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to thank Paul. Paul's a horrible bastard. Uh, he he I, is. I, I have but, seen yeah. Paul like twist the heads off kittens like frequently. Just <laughs> I'm um, trying to think of nasty things to say about Paul, and there's nothing. <laughs> so he's... I'm just going to make some stuff up. Okay, he's. he's... <laughs> I, I saw him punch a baby once. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I I do want to thank I want to thank Paul um, for for giving us the opportunity to do this on Nerdy Up North. I wouldn't a year ago, a year and a half ago, I would have never ever imagined doing anything like this. Mm. Um, and now I'm wearing a Starfleet uniform in front of loads of people talking about Star Trek, and I I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Mm. So I think that's it. We need to embrace nerd culture. It's the the wonderful thing of like, I mean, what is it? We all met up the other weekend, didn't we? All met up. Was it mm. Saturday? Was it last yeah, Saturday? Yeah, Sorry, like I say, week's been a bit of a blur. Um, but we all met up last Saturday, and it was wonderful going around all the geek stores in Newcastle in uh, Sunderland because we've got like mm. Be More Geek, and then we've got the wonderful one in the uh, the green the green yes. Jackie White's market. Jackie White's market. Yes, Jackie White's market. Um. And just all this wonderful nostalgia and there's something great about embracing it. And the same with Trek. Like, it's the fact of like, you know, remember in the past where people would be scared to say they're a Trekkie and now it's just like, yeah, it's a thing I like. You like the fucking Vampire Diaries, shut up. You know, it's like, it's this idea it's of like, you know, we can embrace it and we can come together as a community and yeah, just enjoy the stuff we enjoy, you know? I, so, so 
yes so guys that was uh episode three of star trek and the nerdy up north with uh myself and graham be sure to check out nerdy up north on youtube because we have a podcast every sunday we have a podcast this sunday at 7 30 p.m which i believe they are talking about the batman the batman the Batman. <laughs> um, we also have Nerdy Up North. Uh, Nerd- yeah, I cannot talk tonight. We have a Nerdy Up North Twitch channel, um, which loads of us play games. Me, Paul, Grant, Jake. We we play Is that everything going on now. Is that happening now? Usually, it happens on a Friday, doesn't it? No, I I do it at every Tuesday at oh, six right, thirty okay. p.m. And uh, Jake, Grant, Paul, they will play whatever they want, whenever they want, because they are so Okay, there we go. So we're not... They do not have a schedule. (laughs) We also have a Patreon. Uh, If you want to subscribe to our Patreon channel, where we have exclusive content, where we have the wonderful Sammy talking about Game of Thrones. And I believe she will also be talking about Lord of the Rings as well going forward. Uh, Lotra. Lotra, if you pronounce it wrongly. Uh, we are also on Facebook. The Nerdy Up North community is on Facebook. We are at 7,100 members of the community. That's too many. Um, we need a cull. We need, we need, what we need is we need them to fight it out with the, the Trek fight music playing. It's you the know, only exception. There can be only one. We just get all the 7,000 of them into an arena, battling it out, and they're sort of smacking each other the head with stuff. That'd be and amazing. we can just bet quad lose on who wins. It's going to be brilliant. It'd be amazing, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, guys. So check out everything we offer. We have got something for everyone. We are a wonderful group of people. I again want to thank Graham for joining me tonight. Um, Hello. And I want to thank everyone who has watched along live. Everyone in the chat, I love you absolutely all. And yes, I, Sammy. Everyone TikTok, in the chat, thank you so much. Thank we you have so a much TikTok for watching. As well, like, I've been keeping an eye on it, and it's literally like it's been around like a consistent amount of people watching. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, at least we're not talking shit, <laughs> or at least like, or, or at least they're kind enough to leave it on in the background. <laughs> they put it on. They're like, they're talking shit. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You know, I'm fine with that. That's consistent viewership. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy runs Nerdy Up North on TikTok as well, so please go check that out. Um, I'm too old for TikTok. I don't know. The, the tick and the talk. I, the, I don't do the tick. The, I don't do the ticky talkies. No, the, the, mm. the ticky talkie. But Sammy does it really well. So if you're on the tick and the talk, give us a follow on there, will you guys? <laughs> I'm going to be spending the remainder of my life on Twitter harassing Star Trek alumni whilst harassing other people I know who worked on Star Trek to come on the show next week. We do have a guest on, Graham. Oh, we is have it a Jesus. It's well, it, it could be Jesus. <laughs> um, it is the wonderful Joe uh, from Spectrum Sanctorum uh, YouTube channel, oh. who cover a lot of different nerdy stuff, much like nerdy yeah. up north. And they are also doing a few Star Trek things. They love to come on. So Ooh. shout out to Joe if you are listening. Hello, <laughs> Joe. I will see you next week. Um, that was that was creepy as all fuck. We'll <laughs> see you next week. I hope you're you next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, will you be my friend? Will you be my friend, Joe? <laughs> um, but no, I'm really excited for that, uh, to get to talk more Trek with more people. It's so exciting. Um, um, so that's that's next that's uh, next week, guys. Uh, so 
thank you very much for uh, tuning in tonight. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah. Have fun. Good day. Watch DS9.